It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90NATION or visit windownation.com. It's the most anticipated WNBA season in history. And you know what that means. Court is back in session. Welcome to Queens of the Court, an Odyssey original podcast. I'm your girl, Cheryl Swoop. And I'm Jordan Robinson. All WNBA season long, we'll be bringing you interviews with star athletes, analysis on your favorite teams, and lots of hot takes. Order, order in the court. Follow and listen to Queens of the Court on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. What's going on, everyone? Joe DeCamera and Elliot Short Parks in for John today, 94 WIP. Great to be with you on this uh, Friday morning. Of course, following off on the Phils last night. And uh, a little bit of a gift with that game ending early and the Phils in the lead. And, uh, yeah, they call that a win. That's good stuff. Now, I'll tell you what was also good stuff. Bryce Harper is an announcer. It was great. Here's the problem. Bryce Harper might be a better announcer than Noah Syndergaard is pitcher at this point. I'm just saying it's possible. That was not the most encouraging start by Syndergaard. A lot of hits given up. No, we'll get into it. It wasn't a pileup of runs until that last inning there, but he gets the win, they get the win, but not exactly a flamethrower anymore. We'll talk about that. Uh, a lot to get into with the Eagles today. Of course, Elliot in here uh, obviously had practice every single day, uh, so Elliot and, uh, and I will talk a ton of Eagles, and we'll do it all with you on the phone lines, 215 592 94-94. We'll also get into the Phil's uh, Alumni Weekend. We'll get into uh, Dick Vermeil going into the Hall of Fame this weekend. So just a lot to get to. Elliot, how are you, pal? What's up, man? Excited to uh, excited to be in here with you. Today was supposed to be my off day. I was planning on working out, but as I know you respect and appreciate, now I don't have to work out. So I'm happy to uh, happy to be in here with we you. We call exactly. that the Joe DeCamera. Yeah, you know? exactly. Dude, listen, I, one of these millenniums, I'll get to the working out thing, and I need to do it sooner than later because it's getting ridiculous. Um, all right, let's let's. I'm a man. I'm I'm a man. I'm 44. I hit the wrong Seltzer. one first. I know. Wow, look I at know. this, man. Seltzer, yeah. dude, get yeah, it together, yeah. man. Bad yeah. job by me. Indeed Thank it you. is. All right, let's get to the birds. Um, yes. we got a game in a week, preseason game. We'll see who plays and how much they play and all that sort of stuff. But we're now about a week and a half into this training camp. And, Elliot, it's a great opportunity to have you here, obviously, usually on the beat, covering the team day by day. Um, curious off the top here, what has stood out to you the mm-hmm. most – from the Eagles training camp, now almost two weeks in the books. Yeah, I think what's what stood out to most to me is the lack of a passing game. I mean, I think coming into this year, for me, the main thing I wanted to see from this team, and frankly the thing that they needed to take the step forward that everybody thinks they can, is an improved passing game. Last year, the reason they weren't a legit playoff uh, team once they got there and the reason they kind of struggled to get there was because they couldn't throw the ball. And you look at this offseason with the addition of A.J. Brown, Devontae going into his second year, and we can rattle off the weapons. I think the expectation was this is going to be a passing team. They're going to be able to pass it more than they did last year and pass it at a high level. And I haven't seen that at all. I mean, the passing offense to me has not looked good. In fact, I think the passing offense has actually been bad through six practices. And what's most surprising to me is they're not passing it any more than they did last year. They're still running it a ton in training camp. They look no different on offense than they looked last year. And to me, that's both surprising and incredibly disappointing. 
Well, there's a lot to unpack there. Let me ask you this question, and then we're going to get to everyone on the phones, and everyone can climb in, 215-592-9494. When you say a lack of a passing game, obviously you mean an effective one. Yeah. How much of that is your sense of hurts, and how much of that is others aren't holding up their end of the bargain? Because the only way we can do a deep dive is to know mm-hmm. sort of the breakdown. What's the breakdown? It's hurts. Hurts is the reason the passing offense hasn't looked good. Now, you can go to specific drills, specific days, and say, okay, well, maybe yesterday it was this. But overall, on a, over, after a week and a half, six days in, the reason this offense looks the same as it did last year is because Hurts looks the same. I haven't seen that leap from him. And I did see it. What, what's surprising is in the offseason workouts, I thought he did look better. But now that they're playing 11-on-11, now that the pads are on, he looks like the same guy. And so when I watch this offense every day, and I've got a chance to watch them six times now, they look exactly the same, and it's because Hertz looks exactly wow. the same. Well, look, 215-592-9494 for you to get involved. Obviously, a simple question, how concerned you are about the Eagles passing game and, by extension, the team as it relates to this upcoming season when you hear Elliott say that. Again, Elliott's word, words, lack of a passing game. That ain't good. That ain't good when you got a season coming up in a month. Again, 215-592-9494. How concerned are you? Here's where I'm at. Legitimately concerned. Now, to be clear, not in a sense that this really moves me off what I thought a month ago because this is what I expected. See, the difference between how I look at it and maybe some other people look at it, for some people this might be a, a surprise or a shock. And therefore, like, oh, no, this is exactly what I expected. The good news is the team is a great offensive line. The good news is the team has an easy schedule. The good news is the team will be able to run the ball a lot this year. The good news is that the team's going to have a defense that should help it win some games. And when I add all of that up, I still come to the total of probably 10 wins. I'll give you my official pick in a month before the season starts, but probably 10 wins and, and still what I believe will be a playoff team. But when I say legitimately concerned, it's when I hear Elliott say this and others reporters say this, this is why. I still think Dallas is better than the Eagles. Mm-hmm. This is why I picked Dallas in all likelihood. And again, I'll give the official pick in a month to probably still Dallas win the division. This is why I don't talk often about the Eagles and Super Bowl in the same sentence. You know, it's just not a surprise to me. Now, do I expect when, you know, the action gets real, when the games get real, and Jalen Hurts has the green light to run – and guys are trying to tackle him, and he makes some guys miss, and he runs some guys over, and he breaks some tackles, and he gets some first downs, and he scores some touchdowns in a way that is different than training camp practice, and that that'll help him and the team. Sure, that'll help him and the team, and there's no doubt his competitive juices when the Sundays happen in the fall will help the Eagles at times move the ball down the field. But here's the deal. He won't be able to run and compete his way to a Super Bowl or, frankly, in my opinion, his way to the team becoming an elite squad. He can run and compete and hand the ball off, and they can get to 10 wins, and I think they probably will. But if the standard is, and this is what the standard is supposed to be in this town, if the standard is let's be elite and compete for a title. I mean, think about the 0-2 and the 03 Eagles, they were great teams. Yeah. They were in 12 and 4 both of those years. They lost in the NFC Championship both of those years. And when those seasons were done, people around here said, failure. 12 and 4, NFC title game, failure. 
because they had lost when the expectations had risen. The expectation should be rising right now. And, Ellie, when I hear you, and, again, everyone can, can get in at 215-592-9494, how concerned you are. Mm-hmm. Because when I hear you say what you just said, Elliot, and everything that's been the chatter over the last 10, 11 days, whatever it is since this started, heck, yeah, I'm concerned. Well, let's take a, a deeper dive into two, what, what I've been seeing. So, yeah. to, first, uh, there's been six practices. Jalen Hurts has one passing touchdown outside the red zone. Six practices. One passing touchdown outside of like the 15 yard line. There's been no vertical threat. And really, his only passing touchdown he's had was against the second team defense. He's not thrown a touchdown outside of the 20 against the first team defense in six days of practice. So they've been unable to really move the ball down the field through the air, which I think is a key for this season. But here's another thing that I found really surprising. As you know, I I chart every play uh, from practice, and I've been doing it for five years. So I can go back and look and see what they were doing last year, right? Last year, through six practices, Jalen Hurts was averaging about 18 attempts of practice, throwing the ball. Sure. This year, through six practices, he's averaging about 15 attempts, 15 and a half, right? Now, it's not a huge difference, only two attempts. But I would have thought coming into camp, that number would have gone up, not down, right? Well, how much of it relates to short practices and shorter than last year? I mean, is that simply a byproduct of of last time? It's part of it. But, But I guess what I'm saying is, I'm not seeing them come out and put an emphasis on a passing game like I would have hoped for two reasons. One, because they need to be a better passing uh, attack. But two, if they're not going to play in the preseason games, this is the time to get the work in, right? Like, we know they can run the ball, and we know they're not tackling. So I frankly don't really see a huge advantage of running it a ton of times in practice, right? Like we know I I agree with that. Work work on your deficiencies. Work on your deficiencies, right? And if— their deficiency is passing the ball. They are not passing it at a much higher level. So to what you said about expectations and about what this team was versus what they can be, yeah, they, they can win seven or eight games by just running the ball next year because they're going to play bad quarterbacks, because the schedule is easy. But here's what I know. If the reason to believe in the team is an easy schedule and defense, then I can't really believe in that team. And I think everyone needs to be honest with themselves. When you look around the league, the teams that – that people believe in the most are the teams with the really good quarterbacks that can throw the ball and have head coaches that you believe in, right? Very few teams get the the benefit of saying, well, they have an easy schedule, so they're Super Bowl contenders. Like, no, that's not what makes you a contender. What makes you a contender is an ability to do what you need to do in the NFL to win at an elite level. And to win in the NFL, you have to pass the ball. So through six days, I'm not seeing a team that can do that. And so I look around and I see like, you know, 11, 12, 13 wins, you know, the, one of the best teams in the NFC, all that. No, I don't even see a team that I think is definitely going to make the playoffs. And it, that is very surprising wow. for me through six days. Wow. So are you still at 10 wins or are you below? If I had to pick today, and again, I'll, I'll use a Joe DeCamera line, I'll make my official prediction <laughs> in, in, in three weeks, I right? covered myself off real well with that oh, one. Oh, exactly. Right? You have to every, do it, yeah. Every year I do that. Yeah, because things can change in three weeks, Absolutely. Right? But if I had to pick right now, I would pick nine wins. I would pick under the nine and a half. And Jalen Hurts is the biggest reason why you don't have them at 10 or above. Yes. Jalen Hurts is the biggest reason why right now. Well, look, everyone can react. 215-592-9494. Elliot's there every day. He sees this stuff every day, every throw, every practice. When you hear Elliot lay – and by the way, Elliot, you've been a like a fairly pro Jalen Hurts guy. Yeah. Wouldn't you say in the last well, year or so? I mean, you've been – you certainly have been higher on Jalen Hurts than I've been. Look, last year, I thought they'd make the playoffs because I thought Hurts was going to be an upgraded quarterback over Wentz. I think I was correct about that. But I think last year was kind of 
like the ceiling of what he can be with where he is. You know, like they're not going to be able to run their way to the playoffs again. They're not just going to be able to take advantage of a bad schedule. Those are not reasons to believe in a team. Those are reasons to talk yourself into a team and to have hope. But it's not a reason to truly believe. And Jalen has not shown me a special training camp yet where I can be as excited or as hopeful as everyone else. All right, else's. look, two one five five nine two ninety four ninety four. Maybe people are concerned when they hear this. Maybe not. Maybe this is just, hey, it's practice. What are we talking about here? We all know the reality that Hurts is probably a better player in games than practice because of his running capabilities and because he does have great competitive juices that I think we saw last year come out on Sundays. But I think we also saw last year he's – He's not that great in the passing game, and that did hold him back last year. And if he had been better, they could have won 11 games. They won nine instead. Seltzer, talk to me. You're hearing what Elliot's been saying. You've been hearing the other reporters say this the last week and a half or so. What's your reaction? How concerned are you? Yeah, it's too early for me to be concerned. Uh, If you look around the NFL, basically this is happening in every single camp in the NFL. The defenses are ahead of the offenses. It's, It's across the league, and it makes sense. It takes time for an offense to get together, to get on the same page. Everyone needs to be firing in the same direction. There are new pieces. He's working on mechanics, all that stuff. If we're having this conversation in like two, three weeks when like, the season is on the horizon and the offense is still struggling and Hurts is still not throwing the ball. Well, to Elliot's point, I can reserve my judgment and change yeah. my opinion, but it is too early for me to be freaking out about yeah, this. I, there is a lot hold of time. Hold on, but let me just say this, James. You ready for this? We're going to be having the same conversation in two or three well, weeks. We'll find out, won't we? Yeah, we I'm, will. I'm but not we'll ready let, but, to say we will. You gotta re- These are the things why people refer to me as Joe Stradamus. Oh, I mean, okay. this is, guys, yes. I told you he's not that good. I don't know why people don't – they listen, but why don't you hear it when I say it? I told you, he's not that good. And it freaking ticks me off that we got a season about to start with huge high expectations, with with a tremendous upgrade of talent, a tremendous upgrade of talent, and a really good defense. And, Elliot, I'll disagree with you. I think a defense can still take a team to the Super Bowl. doesn't happen – that often, but it, it, it can happen. I mean, if you have a great defense, you can ride that to elite status and you can win a Super Bowl that way, but that's a hard needle to thread. You do need to pass the ball in the NFL. I don't think Jalen Hurts is good enough. I'm not surprised, but I'm disappointed with the first two weeks because, quite frankly, it's largely what I expect. Yeah, and honestly, I, I'm going to push back on what James said. I understand that to a certain degree, offenses take a little more time to get clicking, but that shouldn't be the case with this with this specific team. The defense is the one that's implementing a new scheme. The defense is the one that has all the new players. The offense is the one that's returning pretty much 10 out of 11 starters, and the new starter, A.J. Brown, is like the only guy Hurts is having success throwing the ball to in camp. So I actually don't think that it's an excuse to say, well, wait three weeks and give the offense time to click. But but also, like, when you just look at it, he looks like the same guy. So if he was playing well, right, if he was coming out and he was throwing two, three touchdowns a game, I don't think anybody would be saying, well, let's wait two, three weeks and see if he keeps it up, right? There would be an excitement level. So people are pushing back on the time frame because he's struggling. And I think that's an important distinction to well, make. Well, I agree with you, Elliot, because when James says, let's see the two, three weeks thing, I just think a lot of it, and I'm going to be real, it's just based on hope and want and not based on reality. And this is what we dealt with with the Carson thing. And this is why I was so steadfast near the end of Carson telling people, open your eyes and look at what is occurring. The guy isn't good. Mm-hmm. 
just because you want him to be good, just because he had previously been good, just because he was supposed to be good, doesn't mean he's good. And and, and I'm telling you, I think Jalen Hurts and Carson Wentz, while stylistically different at this point, are very similar with regard to quality of player. I don't think either is good enough. Now, look, guys, I hope to be proven wrong. I will gladly come on here and eat a bunch of crow in the coming years if I'm proven wrong. But, you know, people that have listened to me over the last year, you know where I stand. I don't think Hertz is good enough. And when someone like Elliot, who had been a lot more, let's call it, pro-Hertz than me over the last year, comes in here and says, guys, he isn't playing that good in practice. I mean, it's got to mean something. Yeah, and I, I'm not writing him off to the degree I know you are. I know right? you're not. I know I, you're I'm not. not. But one thing you said is, you know, in a games he'll be better because he can run around. I don't think that's a positive. Like, <laughs> like you know, like this idea that just on Sundays he's going to run around and that's going to fix the offense. The offense is going to get fixed when they have a consistent passing game, and that happens from the pocket. All right, 215-592-9494. I do think they will run the ball very effectively, and Hurts will be part of that. And that, to me, is – a huge part of how they'll get to 10 wins. But beyond 10 is where it gets tricky. And if you don't have a really good quarterback, that's hard to do. Let's kick it off in the phone lines with Kevin in West Philadelphia. Hi, Kevin. How you doing today? Good, Kev. What's up, uh, Kevin? Let's talk a little Eagles. Uh, I, last year, I didn't give them 10. This year, I'm giving them 10 wins only because I hope the, the, um, the coach realized the first six losses last year was because we didn't run the ball. This team is a run first and second. Well, there's no doubt that, yeah, they're a run-heavy team. And I I think people that thought they were suddenly going to turn into some passing team, I thought, didn't see the the writing on the wall. I mean, they're just too effective at running the ball to abandon that. And I think they're going to run it a lot. I think they're going to be very successful at that, Kevin. But to become elite, and that should be the target, right? They they established – Hey, we can make the playoffs last year. Cool. Appreciate it. Good job. Now let's take it up. I mean, you get A.J. Brown, you get all these defenders. Elite should be the range that you're shooting for this year, and I think Jalen Hurts will hold them back from that. No. He's a smart running quarterback. He knows how to slide. Something like Winston. Yeah. Not know he want to run everybody over and, and knock himself out, the, almost out the lead. This guy is smart, man. Not only – is he football? His football IQ is good. That's going to carry him a long way. He's going to outthink a lot of them guys, and I think, and he looks in great shape. Well, like obviously, yeah. I mean, and, yeah, Kevin, obviously he's in great shape. Appreciate no, the call, man. I, I agree with Kevin that Jalen does do a good job sliding. He doesn't take contact, but he did get hurt last year for what it's worth, right? Like, he did. Now, I do think he's smart at the ends of runs, and quarterbacks get hurt. I don't think that's a result of him being a running quarterback. So I do think he's smart. But he said something, and you've said something that I think is interesting, that they'll definitely be able to run the ball. They were not able to run the ball in Tampa. No, but they were for the previous two months when defenses knew they were going to do and it. And Hurts' right. injury impacted the running game. Yeah. Like, it just did. I agree, James. He couldn't but, run but the same way. Do you guys think teams are going to play them the same way they did last year? Um, defenses, I mean. Are defenses going to play the Eagles' offense? But they offense? knew they could run for the second half of the season. But like, there's a lot. There's a big difference between doing it the final six, seven weeks of the season and giving teams an entire offseason to plan for you and then having to do it for an entire So you season. expect eight-man boxes, and yeah, the defensive absolutely. coordinator says, even though you got A.J. Brown, I want to see if Jalen Hurts can prove that he can get the ball to him and, and Goddard and Smith, and we're going to make him 
prove prove to us he can pass. Absolutely, and it's on Sirianni as well to have a counterpunch ready. Like well, it's going to be it on is. Sirianni, and it, then there's that question: How much confidence do you have in him? All right, let's go to John and Clifton right now. Hi, John. Hey, what's going on, fellas? Good morning. What's up, John? I, so I have the total different view on it. I, I, everyone forgets about the defense run game. We are a run first team. Does everyone forget about the old one Ravens? The old one Ravens, the quarterback was a game yeah. manager. Well, it's 2000, two, two, two thousand, but yeah, two thousand Ravens. Yeah, two thousand. Yeah. yeah, but that was twenty-two years ago. No, that's okay. And, no, and the, no, no, was. John. The, I I agree with your point because there are a couple teams. Listen, the two thousand Ravens. I'm just going in in more modern times, and it's it's a generation ago, and the rules have changed. But the Ravens in two thousand, the Bucks in 02 were obviously a heavy defensive team. The Broncos in twenty fifteen, even though they had Peyton because the guy's arm was falling off, that was about a defensive title, and and obviously Seattle in twenty thirteen. It, it can still be done. It, it, it might be harder than the old days, but it can still be done. And that is, that is absolutely my But they are Do also I... – but, but, John, to be fair, they might be the four best defenses in the last 20 years, 22 years. And, and while the Eagles' defense has improved, I mean, you know yeah, – but, but neither of you deep down would pick that to be the way to win. Both of you know it's the tougher, less likely way to win. It's less likely. It's... Yeah. And it's no, tougher. No, no. It, it, it is. It is the tougher. It is the most tougher way to win. But being a Philadelphian, that is a. If we got to win by defense, I'm. I'm all with it. I'm, I remember the Eagles from the early years, the Jim Johnson era. Sure. Not that this defense is that defense, but it can be. It's the got a shot. They. They special. got. Yeah. They listen. They got some. John, I, I hear your point, and I appreciate the phone call because I don't want to lose. Yeah, Elliot, you and I can already tell her, uh, not in sync on this importance of defense thing they're still out there 50 percent of the time mm-hmm. i know rules work against defense but a good or great defense can elevate a team and can help you it can help you become elite it can help but it's way tougher right and also i'm glad to hear the whole city is now on the page with me of gannon being a good defense coordinator because all i heard last year well, was they'll never win with gannon as the coordinator the defense isn't good enough now i'm hearing well don't worry they'll win because of the defense well, I think what people are referring to typically is the talent. I mean, whether but the st- same coordinator. No, I understand whether he can put it together or not. Time will tell. Look, it's it's funny the guy brought up defense there. Last call, I appreciate the call because Twitter poll question of the day. James had just put up a moment ago. Ironically, how good will the Eagles' defense be this season? We've broken it down into four choices: a top five in the NFL, which is an outstanding defense if you're top five. Yeah. B top ten. C average, D below average. I can't imagine other than a couple jokesters that'll just hit a button on social media just to be a fool. Many people hitting below average. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think the the choices really come down to A, B, or C. Top five, top ten, uh, or average. And to me, it's probably top ten is is my lean. And there's no doubt that the defense being elevated is part of what has to be affecting Jalen Hurts in practice. I mean, you go against. Slay and Nelson, that's one thing. You go against Slay and Bradbury, that's a different that's a different deal. Yeah, and the defense so, is showing him different looks, which I think not a lot of defenses do in training camp, right? So I think that's part of it. But he couldn't but they, they couldn't pass the ball last year. So this is not a new deficiency. It's a continuation of one that you wanted to see improved. Two one five five nine two ninety four ninety four to weigh in on what Elliot said. He referred to it as a quote, lack of a passing game. What is your reaction when you hear that? How much are you concerned by that or not? Again, we'll rock all your calls, 215-592-9494. Plus, up ahead, we'll get into the Phillies. Syndergaard got the win last night, but he got banged around a bit. A lot of hits in that game. We'll get into that. Rock all your calls. Joe to camera, Elliot in for John on 94 WIP.
Well, that was a, uh, needless to say, a big hit. Big hit in the moment, and it became even bigger when you realized the game was only half played when it was finished. Shortened game last night, and the Phils, uh, Phils eke out the victory. Four, four and a half inning game. Got to love it. Joe to camera, Elliot in for John today, 94 WIFA. A lot of things have gone the Phillies' way this year. Like, there's <laughs> been injuries, obviously, but, like, you think of all the late inning uh, wins they've had. You look at last night. I don't know. Like, we've talked about this last time I was in, but there's a lot of little moments where you look and go, all right, I can see how these add up to something in the end that turns out being special. Well, that stretch they had in June when they had those four miracle wins yeah. w- was probably the the biggest example of that. You know, it might have been late May, early June, whatever it was. James, who was it? was Veerling with the yeah, one. Yeah, Veerling and, and Boehm off of, of uh, Hater. Stott yeah. had the one a couple days before. Yeah, that was pretty wild. They had a stretch there. And, and and they're all to Elliot's point, like last night too, the way that plays out. It just it feels like stuff that wouldn't have happened the last right. few years. I agree with that. I do. All right, look, 215-592-9494. We'll get more into last night's Phillies game coming up soon. Boy, it did really start raining hard last night. Let's go to Jacob right now. Hi, Jacob. Hey, guys. How you doing? Hey, what's up, Jacob? With these camp reports, I honestly can't figure out how you're not concerned. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean you have to be, like, out on the season or anything, but the first two people who called in to defend Hurts talked about how he's a great slider <laughs> and how our defense is going to be really good. It's such a great point. Yeah. Man. That is such a great observation by you. And then the other thing that concerns me is in Tampa, Elliot's talked about how Jalen needs to counter this year with what defenses are doing. And in Tampa, they just told him, we're going to cover your best guys and we're going to leave Quez open and we just dare you to throw it to him. And he didn't. Mm-hmm. My concern, Elliot, with what you've been saying is he's throwing to his number one guy again and not seeing anybody else. Devontae has like two catches. Yeah. And look, Devontae's hurt now. He's a groin injury. He's day to day. But you're right. I mean, if you look at the, the receiver breakdowns of where they've been throwing the ball, A.J. Brown is getting it way more than any other receiver. In fact, I have the numbers uh, right here in front of me. A.J. Brown has 22 targets so far in training camp. Uh, Devontae Smith has 10, and Quez Watkins has 7. See, that's ridiculous. I mean, Jacob, yeah. that's just just ridiculous. And obviously, it, it, it goes in large part to – I mean, to one to one extent, it's because they're just not running many plays. Practices aren't very long, so you're going to have, you know, smaller numbers. But the disparity between top and bottom there is, is all about – I mean, in my opinion, I haven't seen the practices the way Elliott has. I've seen parts of one, but – it's a quarterback that doesn't move from receiver to receiver in the pocket effectively. His eyes just don't process it effectively. Exactly. Like the, the main benefit of getting all these weapons is the optionality it's supposed to give you. But yeah. if you're just looking at one guy and he doesn't get open, you're doing the same thing as with Devontae Smith. Maybe AJ will get open a little bit more because he's better, but you're still limiting yourself to one read at a time. Listen, Jacob, I think you're bringing up some good points there. Elliot, let me ask you a question because I, I brought this up on a show about three weeks ago, and I was obviously trying to make a point when I asked this question. It was sort of rhetorical. It sort of wasn't. How do you think the town will feel? When I say the town, I mean individual fans, millions of them. If they're wrong for the second straight time about a quarterback. You said the town? The town. The town will People, feel? humans. Like yeah. people were so convinced – even by 20, even still in 2019 and 2020, there was a segment, and I would say it was roughly two thirds of the populace, were so convinced Carson was outstanding. John Ritchie was utterly convinced. Yeah. Seltzer, you were for a long while. You were really in on Wentz until the very end. 
And there are people that are that are really convinced again on Jalen Hurts. It'll be really good. And I just I'm not trying to be you know town psychologist here, but how will people take that if 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 Hurts falls flat and they realize? Well, I'm 0 for 2 on two really big ones in the last couple of years. Yeah, I mean, I, I think fans will be devastated because as good as this franchise is run and as well— I'm not trying to sound haughty. No, I know, I know. But, I mean, right. I am kind of a quarterback whisperer. I mean, <laughs> well, that right, sounds I mean, a little haughty. Seltzer, yeah. wouldn't you say— The haughty hammer. But yeah, the haughty hammer. hammer. But, there Seltzer, is, yeah. wouldn't you say I have a pretty good track record? You got one right, I was right, going to say, dude. what's the other one you and got You got right. one right, all right? And you weren't even the first on that I corner. I didn't want them to trade for Bradford. You're sitting with someone who yeah, was saying was, it before you were saying it. I was pretty it, early on Joe the Giulio, Wednesday. Too. So, I don't know about that. I thought like, we were all about to say no, it. Elliot to was, me, it was obvious. Look, I thought Elliot it was pretty was obvious. By, by the middle of 2018, I thought it had become pretty obvious that Carson was not what we expected. I, yeah, I think that's that's right around yeah where yeah. I turned maybe yeah. a little earlier. Let, let me ask you this: How many people do you think believe in Jalen because of what they see, and how many people believe in Jalen just because they they want to have a quarterback? What does that mean? They want to have a, no, oh, the hope, the hope thing. Well, yeah, like coming off the Carson thing. Because I think you're right. The fact that if the Eagles, if Jalen misses, if this year he's not the guy, and they have to find a quarterback. Yep. I know they're well set up to do it. But it's hard to find a quarterback. Oh, listen, they're not, they're, they're, not, they're, not, quarterback. they're not that well set up to do it. Because you can be set up better than other organizations to get that guy. That doesn't mean you have an above 50% chance to get that guy. Agreed. I mean, I remember when the Randall thing ended after 95, the Eagles did not have a franchise quarterback until they drafted Donovan in 99. And obviously he wasn't good enough to be considered good until 2000. They went five years in the wilderness. I mean, guys, the Washington football team, they have gone almost 30 years in the wilderness. Now, you can say some of that's ownership, and obviously it is mismanagement. I don't think the Eagles is going to take them 30 years to find the next guy that's the guy. But the reality is, while there are more levers to pull than there used to be because there's quarterback hopping in the NFL now of veterans, it doesn't mean it's easy. Well, when was the last time you would say McNabb played at a level of a franchise quarterback? Like, what year would you consider him – he was, he was still really good in 08. He had, he had the struggles in November, but he, he still, look, they still got to an NFC Championship game. He was still right. really good. O, o 09, he had, you know, o 09, he was still relatively good, but, you know, it was very obvious when he got to Washington that he was cooked. So it's been 13 years since Eagles had a franchise quarterback. Um, think about I, that. Well, here's where I disagree with you on that. I think Carson had established himself as a franchise quarterback in that second year, and I think the injury – changed the whole situation i don't disagree with that but the reality is it's been 13 years since they had consistent franchise that, quarterback play that is like true. that's they, just the reality the long so. listen we all know jaws randall donovan they all had a decade mm -hmm. roughly a decade other than that it's been it you're 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 doing the one two three year cycle thing with vic with bradford with Foles, with wentz you know, now we're on to Hertz, mm -hmm. which you guys know I don't think it's going to, you know, there was the Rodney Pete year or two. There was the Ty Detmer year or two. I mean, there was, there was Vic. There, there was, was the Cobb, Bobby Hoyne. There was there Bradford. Was, you're you're there, right. You know, there was lots of guys where there was Listen, day one hope. You're right. Let's go to the phones. Hank's with us in Bordentown. Hi, Hank. Gentlemen, it's a pleasure. What's up, Hank? Our pleasure, Hank. Hey, uh, so you can add me to that column of, uh, of gentlemen who just, I just want to have a quarterback. That's why I believe in them. I don't. I don't look at what he's doing and say, oh, he's definitely our guy. I'm just yeah. tired of 
the the revolving door. Like we, that's one thing. He he has a quarter. He he says we have a quarterback factory or whatever. It's a revolving door. Well, they don't want it to be a revolving door. They want to have one guy. They want to be able to draft backups and develop them. And but but hold on, Hank. I'm curious and fascinated by the first mm-hmm. five seconds of your phone call. Fascinated. You believe in Hertz. If I, correct me if I'm wrong here. This is what I think you said. You believe in Hertz because you want the Eagles to have a good quarterback. Is that what you were indicating? Pretty, yeah. Because I'm an Eagles fan. I don't want. I don't want us to have a quarterback. I don't want. If we have a quarterback, I just want the quarterback to do well. Well, so so do I. But but I I don't understand the the concept that you believe in the player as a good player and a player that projects to be good for years to come because you want it. I mean, I, I want I want it. Tony Roten, when he was with the Sixers, to be, you know, Magic Johnson. But I knew he wasn't. I see what you're saying. Uh, I guess what my what my thing is is that I just – I really want the guy to do well because he is a part of the team. It's not it's not because of okay. anything else. Uh, like, All I'm right. not on the hype train of anything else. You know what I mean? All it's, right, my man. Listen, it's, it's a standard. I mean, that's your standard. That's cool. That's, that's, you know, that's different than the way I think, but fair enough. 215-592-9494. Let's get to the Phils last night. Mix that in. Uh, obviously, an abbreviated game. They get the win. Syndergaard, obviously, the big story. I mean, let's lay it out. Underwhelming. Uh, you know, uh, underwhelming. Uh, a lot of hits. I think it was 10 hits, I believe it was. In five, yeah, only five innings. Right? 11, 11 hits. 11 yeah. hits and five hits, innings. Four and runs. Dude, I mean, that's, um, you know, I was very clear that when he came in here that my sense was that Ranger would be the Phillies three. I'll you know, certainly think that that's a bolstered position now, you know, after we saw Syndergaard last night. Guess guy's not falling. I'm not trying Syndergaard, to act like well, that. I mean, Kyle Gibson, a five. I think Kyle Gibson, I would rather have Kyle Gibson on the hill than Syndergaard. You know I wasn't super excited about the you Syndergaard weren't. move to begin with. I think Kyle Gibson has better stuff right now than, than Noah Syndergaard. So Syndergaard, well, a far bigger name than quality pitcher at this oh, point. Oh, I mean, you saw it last I night. Know, that's I'm what aware. he looks like now. Like, he just doesn't have any swing and miss stuff is the problem. But how much of that, just for last night, do you think was a result of just got, you know, just got traded, just got to Philly, all nah, those things? Don't you don't think? Okay. Had 64 I'm strike, 64 strikeouts in 80 innings coming into coming into last night. You know, yeah. he got two and five last night. Like, that, he just doesn't, he's going to get hit. And it's you know what not I a thought, very good defensive team. I'll tell you what I thought, and I think this went under the radar when the trade happened, but it stood out to me. I didn't say it on the show yet. I'll say it now, but I, I took stock of this. The league spoke volumes about what they think of Syndergaard when you consider what the Phillies had to give up to get Outstanding him. point, yeah. Joe. I mean, they gave up a guy. This is the Moniac trade, right? Yep. They gave up a guy, Mickey Moniac. Who hit a home run, by the way. Has homered okay. in every game he's played okay. as an angel. But, yeah. but, but we, it was a one, is it one game? He homered last okay. night in yeah. his but first we, game. But we all know he basically can't play. And the Phillies gave up a basically can't play guy to get Syndergaard. Now, I understand there's economic realities. He was owed about $7 million the rest of the season. Not every team wants to touch that. So, yeah, teams would be more in on Syndergaard if he made 700000 the rest of the way instead of $7 million. But still, take inventory of who the Phillies gave up and how that was presumably the best offer yeah. that the Angels received. And then ask yourself, what are you really expecting out of Syndergaard? Well, 
correct me if I'm wrong, but one of the main reasons they had to acquire a starting pitcher so they didn't have to do these bullpen games correct. anymore, right? Yes. So, or, or, or just a, a guy that can start but is a bad starter. Right, so yes. I think that if you can just get through games with him where you just win, I don't think you're you're looking at him as a guy that obviously you want him to pitch well, but the hope is not he turns into a starter in the playoffs. The hope is mm, just, well, no, but look, t- you just said you thought Ranger would be the third no, starter but, in the playoffs. But Gibson's gonna, probably better at this point. But like, in a seven-game series, I'm going to need four starters. The days of... You know, he, here's Bob Gibson, and he's pitching game one, game four, and game seven. Those days are basically gone. So you need the fourth starter. And yeah. and and the hope, obviously – and listen, James could be right. Maybe it's Gibson. Maybe it will be Syndergaard. We'll find out. But I'll just say I was hoping for more last night. But what I'm saying is if the benefit of Syndergaard is he at least stops you from having to use your bullpen at the beginning of games every five games, isn't there value in that Well, too? I, I agree with that, but I'll say this. Cardinals won again last night. We got to get our minds wrapped around the fact this is not going to be easy. It is basically a coin flip. It is basically 50-50 between the Phillies and the Cardinals. It's going to come down to two or three games max, and his games are going to have a big part in it. Yeah. 215-592-9494. Let's go to Josh and Maniunk right now. Hi, Josh. Joe, first of all, great point. We gave up the Mick to get this guy. He's Seriously. Right now, he's, he's not – I mean, not for nothing. He's not like – we give up first uh, first overall picks like it's nothing in Philadelphia. So like well, clearly they don't work they don't work out. Uh, so I I mean was disappointed but almost not expected. You know it was like I wasn't overly shocked that he got lit up a little bit yesterday. So um, I was I was but, I'll tell you what Josh I was a little surprised and I'll tell you what I mean. But I wasn't expecting Syndergaard to be great because I obviously seen all the reports that he's no longer that guy anymore. But the eleven hits in five innings. It surprised yeah, me a little. I mean, because his ERA with the Angels was only was was about three point seven. I was gonna say it was under four. Yeah, it was it? It three was like, eight. It was three eight three. Yeah, I mean that's a solid ERA. You know, that's not great, but it's solid. And then to see him give up eleven hits in five innings, it's like holy mackerel. But that's what I'm saying. Maybe last night was just first start, new team. Like I'm gonna give him you know two three starts until I say okay, this guy definitely can't be in the rotation. All right, Josh, what do you, what do you got for us, man? I also want to talk about Joe. Guess what? You're—I mean—you're right with Jalen Hurts. Totally agree with you. But you also thought Ben Simmons was a generational superstar. Mm, I did. Who, who? Who could not shoot the ball? And not I for know. nothing, I was a naysayer the entire time because you have no heart and you can't shoot the ball. So yeah. you know. Yep. I, I agree with you 100. Uh, percent and, and I'll say, and Josh, I'll say this on Ben: the early years, especially, it was obvious by about the fourth year, nothing was going to change. But in the early years. My brain could not compute the concept of a human being that talented in many ways who had two things. One, fear to that extent. And two, what I, what I do believe is a just general unwillingness to, um, to try to get better at the, at the, at the deficiency in his game. It, it just it didn't make any sense. Like, to, to Jalen Hurts' credit, the dude is trying to become a better quarterback. Yeah. He's, he's trying. Ben Simmons didn't try. Nope, and he was. And, and, and I just did it. And, and listen, shame on me for not knowing more of the DNA of that. The way that guy was wired, I guess it just didn't seem plausible that a player would not want to strive to be better. Well, I mean, and, and could not he, develop an Eric. All I was asking for him to do is develop an Eric Snow jump shot. Like he didn't have to yeah. become Mister Three Point Shooter guy. I like him to be able to mix it in, the, but but be able to stick the Eric Snow, you know, sixteen footer. Just to keep the defense honest a little bit. He didn't even do it in LSU. So it wasn't like coming in, you know. It was clear in college he wasn't going to shoot. Just so weird, no, man. He, he, was, he was awful. But, yeah, boys, I always enjoy the show, Joe. Like I said, when I heard your 
patting yourself very hard on the back about Jalen Hurts. Let me ask you a question. Uh. Here's here's the question. Carson Wentz, if he goes two and out against the Eagles this year as for Washington, are you more surprised or, or less surprised? Well, I'll be surprised because I don't think I don't think the Washington team is going to beat the Eagles twice this year. Okay, but if if Jalen Hurts has two poor performances against Washington, are we saying you know what, what's going? Listen, Josh. Here's what people are not remembering: the Eagles tried hard this offseason to just end it to replace Jalen Hurts with a different quarterback. They yeah. didn't get it done, but they tried. Yeah, they know what they got. They know what they don't got. Josh, appreciate the call. And, you know, barring some sort of tremendous upgrade in Jalen Hurts' performance, which is possible but unlikely, they will in all likelihood be trying again in February to line it up and March of 2023 and April 2023 with the combination of free agency, trades, and the draft, they will try again. It'll be interesting, and this is going down a, you know, a hypothetical road, but he brought it up. If Carson plays really well twice against the Eagles mm-hmm. and Jalen doesn't, just what the reaction will be in kind of – because I think now there's this sense, and it's the correct sense, that the Eagles very much won that trade. They won that breakup, right? You know, this year could change some things. Well, And I'm not predicting it, but I'll just yeah. be interested to see the reaction if it does happen. Uh, here's the deal, and this is where I stood at the time they made the trade, traded Carson, and it's where I still believe. He can get better. He probably will get a little better, although – that I don't feel as confident as I used to after seeing him not get much better with Reich. But the, even if he gets better, if Carson settles into being the 20th best quarterback, that's not what you want. Agreed. Period. End of story. Carson can be 20 and Jalen Hurts can be 24, and that might turn out to be what it is in a world where there's 32 starting quarterbacks, but I wouldn't want either of them. That, it's as simple as that. But I would want Jalen over Carson. If I, I want it right now. Yes. I, I agree with you because there is a chance Jalen Hurts improves. He's younger. I like the way he's wired more. Yeah. I'm I'm intrigued to find out what he can become. No question. I, if if you just plopped him right in front of me right now and said pick one, I'm picking Jalen. But don't kid yourself. They're they're not separated by that much right now. And five years from now, we might say, yeah, they're pretty similar skill level and neither one of them is good enough yeah it's an interesting comparison because Jalen checks so many more boxes than Carson but I think we can all acknowledge like Carson throws the ball better than Jalen like way right so like if you put Carson on this team I don't know if they're as good because he makes mistakes and the whole locker room thing and all that but the passing offense is probably better all right James what do you got in there so funny that we're talking about Carson Wentz is a tweet that just came out from Washington practice from Matthew Paris, who covers the team, and just talking about if Carson has changed, he goes, you don't hear this too often. Montez Sweat was chasing a scrambling Carson Wentz from behind and was yelling, get rid of it, get rid of it. Wentz ran out of bounds instead. Mm. So I don't think Carson has changed that much. Well, here's the thing, Meaning he didn't throw it away. Meaning the defensive player who was running after him was yelling, throw the ball, and he ran out of bounds. Yeah, I mean, like, classic classic Carson. Well, just to be be clear, Clear though, I'd have to know is he a yard behind the line of scrimmage or nine yards? Because there's a big difference. Is it a nine yard sack 
Or is it a one yard? Regardless, snap? the point in practice is the guy saying get rid of the ball, like you know, and yeah. he, and Carson, it's just classic Carson Wentz. Well, like, I also think the point, James, this? too, is it's early in training camp. Remember, if he's still doing this for two to three weeks, then maybe Seriously. you can start to make fun of Carson's him, right? Horrible. So, look, we the offense early on is supposed to be behind the defense, right? Those are your words, so we'll see. James, let me ask you a question. It's it's funny that this just came to my mind because you know we're talking about Hurts, but Wentz kind of ties in. What do you, and I'm not trying to pick on you. I swear to God, I'm not. I'm really curious here. In 2020, when you still believed in Wentz, looking back on that, how do you explain that? Well, I didn't in 2020. I, I believed in him going into 2020, and it was 100% because of the end of 2019. Like, those four games yeah. before he got hurt in the playoff game, he looked like Carson Wentz again. And I, and in hindsight, yeah. it was bad opponents, this and that, yeah. trying to believe. They won but a game 17-9, and nine, it, and people thought Carson was back. They beat Dallas 17-9 and nine because – Dallas's receivers dropped about seven yeah, balls. but it was, that was more the that Giants game, game right? like the Giants game coming from behind, that touchdown pass, all that stuff. It was just the first uh, – so we all wanted the to believe. The bullet to Miles Sanders. Yeah, we all wanted to believe, and it was yeah. that. Once 2020 started, it was very clear to me that he was back. Like, right. that was clear. All right, 215-592-9494. We have to give away today a pair of tickets to uh, – how about this? Tonight's game, really big weekend for the Phils. We'll get into the whole alumni weekend things we move through the show. By the way, John Kruk joins us today at 1230. So looking forward – to talking to the Crocker at 12.30. So Phil's tickets on the line for tonight's game against the National 7.05 start time. Toyota Alumni Weekend at Citizens Bank Park. Tonight, the Darren Dalton Foundation has a special seating area in the pavilion sections 207 to 211. If you're looking to purchase a ticket, if you want to buy a ticket specifically, sections 207 to 211, a portion of the proceeds from tickets sold in those sections will benefit uh, those battling uh, brain cancer. Obviously, the Darren Dalton Foundation all of the great work they do. So DarrenDaltonFoundation.org. Uh, James and I were talking before the show today about TV and TV characters, and we started talking about the female variety of some great notable TV characters in, uh, in the history of television. And curious, as we look to give these tickets away today, who is, other than Lucy, who obviously <laughs> would be the winning answer, so I'm just going to take it off to start because, you know, everybody would be competing for second place otherwise, so let's just have a competition for second place. Other than Lucy, for my love, Lucy, for the, the younger viewers, uh, listeners out there, I don't even know who Lucy is from like 50 years ago. Um, greatest female TV character of all time. Elliot, talk to me. I don't know if you're going Mount Rushmore or not. Who do you got? Well, I think best answer, whoever provides yeah. it, you're headed to the Phillies game tonight. So let me ask a clarification, and it, I'm probably the only person at the station that would oh, ask God, this. I already know what the question's going to be. Right. Are we including reality TV? I knew that was the question. Seltzer, not a character, right? Like, yeah, I mean, it kind of is, no. And, but yeah. no. No, All the right. answer is no. Okay, I was going to go Teresa from Real Housewives of New Jersey, but with oh the rules, I will, I will pick another one. I'm going Olivia Benson. Law and Order. Right. Great show. Great TV show to have on if you want to watch it, but also like a top show to fall asleep to. I just think it's a great show. She's a great character. She's been around a long time. Uh, I'm going Olivia Benson. Seltzer, who do you got? So you're watching the show now. I think she's the funniest part of the show and one of the funniest characters in television history. Susie Green is the best. What show is that? I don't Curb, even... oh my Jeff's God. wife, dude. Oh, Jeff's wife. Okay, I didn't know the She's name the was, best yeah. character on that show. Boy, well, her, yeah, she's not rocks. the best character on the show, but that she's a great character. Man, one her, of the her, best. I mean, he hasn't gotten a Leon yet. but uh, her, her, I've, got, I've gotten a Leon. Her in season seven, right? 
Le- oh, you got Leon now. Yeah, yeah. I yeah, thought yeah. Leon was the the season after. Maybe, it, maybe. Uh, Either way, the, the, the house guest, right? Yes. Yeah, okay. Oh, yeah, so no. yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that started Those are the two six. best. Susie, Susie Green, and Leon, the two best. Well, the Susie Green uh, interactions with him are just—it's epic. It's hilarious. Yeah. It's, it's the best. It's unbelievable. All right, I, I'm just going to answer the question by saying who it's not, because I just want to highlight someone who I thought was so incredibly annoying that I just want to go there. I, I could not stand Tony Soprano's mom. I couldn't stand her. Mm. Every scene, what was her name, Olivia? Every scene she was in was freaking annoying. Nancy Marchand? Yes, Nancy yes. Name? I mean, she was very good in the role, but the character itself I was couldn't annoying. Stand the performance the was good. But now, the dynamic between the two of them was critical, obviously, particularly in season one. So there was a dynamic that was interesting with Tony's mom, but... My God, I just found her annoying. Anyway, we're looking for a great female TV character. Best answer by the end of the show. Let us know who it is. You can win the Phillies tickets for tonight's game. 215-592-9494. You can weigh in on Syndergaard, what you saw last night. Did it surprise you to see him get banged around like that? Of course, the bats did enough to get the win, and the rain helped end that game early. But, come on, not not a great performance by Syndergaard. Also, the birds. You're hearing Elliot say what he's saying about the Eagles passing game struggling. What do you make of that? 215-592-9494. Plus up ahead, Dick Vermeil. We will uh, certainly talk about Coach Vermeil as he goes into the Pro Football Hall of Fame tomorrow. And we'll play you some audio. You might not have heard this yet. The moment Dick Vermeil was greeted and was told that he was headed to Canton as a Pro Football Hall of Famer. Coach Vermeil, how he reacted, the things that he said, You'll hear that next. Show to camera, Elliot in for John on 94 WIP. The new Bet Parks app is everything you want in a digital casino and sportsbook. It's the only casino and sportsbook app that I recommend. It's easy to sign up, fun to use, and faster to win than ever before. The Bet Parks app has you covered for football season. Bet pro football futures. Bet now on how many games the birds will win. You can bet on whether the birds are going to make the playoffs and, and so much more. Bet on who has the most passing and rushing yards in the league for the season. Follow at Bet Parks on Twitter for game lines, odds boosts, and so much more. Bet Parks is also the official bar- betting partner of the PGA Tour live in game betting. You can bet on the action as it happens. Join me right now on the all new Bet Parks Casino and Sportsbook app. Bet on all your favorite sports and play all your favorite casino games for real money. Download the app in the App Store, Google Play Store, or at BetParks.com. It's the all-new Bet Parks app. Users can make their first bet risk-free up to $750. A $750 risk-free bet. The risk-free bet is refunded in site credit. Sportsbook and casino, all in one amazing app.